Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hello, everyone. I know you've been waiting for a very long time to be involved with all of the amazing things that we're doing at Rare Drop, and now is the time. We are introducing the Rare Drop Patreon, so if you've ever wanted to get involved with experimental content or being at any of our podcasts early to listen in, well, all of that is available in the new Rare Drop Patreon. Check it out. Tim, are you uh, are you ready to talk about Geode for the next hour and a half to three hours? <laughs> such a such an interesting character, Kevin. I mean, Geode saved the day at the end, Tim. He saves the day. He's just he's so quiet, Kevin. I want to know his backstory. Yeah, Who but him? Matthew McConaughey keeps talking about how he's he's a party animal too. Wait, what? When they're on Coruscant, he Matthew talks. Ma- about- Oh, Leox. I was like, Matthew McConaughey was talking about Star Wars? It's so cool. Leox, dude, Leox. I know, Leox. I, I get that part now, Kevin. It's medicinal. Had you gotten to that part when I mentioned medicinal spice on Twitter? N- no. So did you no, laugh that really was great. hard? Yeah, was I did. I was just like, that was, they were just, they legalized the space weed. And then they ended up using it. It was so good. All right, we're getting into this, so I'm punching it. Punch it, Kevin. Have any sound effects, please help us. Oh, dropped frames. That's not good. Are we uh, good? Uh, no. Are we dead? We're alive. We're doing this off stream. Maybe I have a shitty ingest. Oh no. Uh, yeah, I just dropped like another thousand. <gasps> Is it the browser? Is it OBS Ninja? No, no. Resources are at like 9%, so I think we're fine there. Okay. Oof. Uh, It's got to be. Close your camera and Discord for me. Okay. I mean. Oh, yeah, we're frozen. Oh, wow. Hey. You're not frozen. Oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah, it's, I'm getting I'm getting a loading a loading um circle. Yeah. yeah. You want me to start a new stream? Oh no, I think I, I think Twitch is just shitting the old the old the old bed bedarena. But I'm connecting through restream. But Facebook is keeping up. It's Twitch. Twitch is having problems. But why would the ingest be? Oh, apparently, you? oh apparently everybody's having problems. Like Twitch like, is broken you know, across the board. Oh, it is Twitch. I mean, go watch on Facebook then. Facebook.com slash Rare Drop Go. Everybody uh, go to Facebook. You can watch on Trovo if you'd like. You could watch on <laughs> DLive. Uh, YouTube's pretty much the only other place. And uh, oh we're not on Mixer anymore. That's about it. We go into other streams. They seem fine. I don't know. I think Paul was setting up Glimesh or Glimish or Glimush, whatever it was this uh, week. Yes, Glimosh. Is that Glimosh? Is that how you say it? I don't, I don't know. know. Facebook is having it. issues too. I'm telling you, dude, it's it's the ingest. All right, it's the ingest. Should I do a, a stop and go? 
I guess so. I don't know if it'll kill the Facebook post, though. Oh, I didn't think of that. I don't know oh, what yeah, you want to just... do, Tim. I don't know, Kevin. It's what bad. Do do? Like 11,000 dropped for 23%. That's not good. No. We just... What do we do? I don't know. <laughs> Paul. Try, should I try shooting it straight to Twitch? And tell all the Facebook people to come over to Twitch? Might have to. Because it, it might be restreams in, in just. Yeah. All right. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to restart Sorry, this on Facebook. Twitch. Sorry, Facebook. But the ingest. We'll post the VOD. We'll post the VOD tomorrow. Yes, we will post the VOD. But if you'd like to watch, come over to twitch.tv slash rare drop. If that doesn't work, we'll deal with it. But this is bad. Uh, Brimer bust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to restart this. No one go anywhere. Because I can swap it real, real quick. And then... Uh, Yep. Green lines all the way. It was the re it was the restream ingest. Yep. Well, at least it wasn't me. It wasn't you, Kevin. It was restream. <sighs> Sorry. All right, Paul, if you can make a post on Facebook, uh, don't worry. I think Trojo and DLive will live without us tonight. <laughs> um, cool. So thank you for uh, for sticking around. Sorry for the uh, for the insanity. Oh, the bitrate meter is yelling at me, but that's from before. You want to tell? What would you like to tell me, Paul? Quick before we start the show officially. Go ahead. The cameras look crisp. Oh, he's 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 whacking himself off right now. Nice. Paul has a new camera solution uh, solution for for production we do for uh, other entities and we're testing it out tonight for Tim's camera from my house. So Paul's real proud of himself right now. Cool. Welcome to episode 37 of Star Wars and Scotch. This is a Star Wars and Scotch book club episode for the High Republic's Into the Dark. Tim and I will be going through uh, the book, taking questions about the book, talking about our favorite parts of the book, we will be talking about the Barish Vow. Don't worry. Tim's super into that. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about that. And just kind of go over the book as a whole. Uh, we're not really going to go through the story itself. We'll probably highlight some things and, and all that stuff and, and whatnot. But um, the Bad Batch news, what? That it comes out on, on May 4th? What news <laughs> did I miss? Was there more Bad Batch news? I heard one of the voice actors said it's really good. The Fennec Shan look? What? Uh, Wrecker is getting Wrecker's oh, getting a Oh Bad Batch's Wrecker First Order Stormtrooper helmet joined the Black series. Oh, oh, oh what? <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Hasbro Star Wars, the Black Series is getting a couple of new additions. The ultra deluxe line of Star Wars figures and, and memorabilia will soon include a new replica of a first order stormtrooper helmet and a six it inch figure of Wrecker from the upcoming series Star Wars the Bad Batch. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. The way the way they say that, I was like, wait a second. It I thought I thought Wrecker was getting his own The Wrecker no. figure is hilarious, by the way. It looks kinda silly. It does look well he also looks kinda silly, so the first order I thought they were saying I thought there. they were saying that he had like it was his first order helmet. And I was like, whoa. We're good. I missed the comma. Cool. We're fine. So, wait, that's the Bad Batch news? There's no way that's the Bad Batch news. And the May 4th, that it comes out May 4th. That happened known after, that. Well, it happened after we were live last week, so technically for our purposes. Oh. For this episode, it is news. Even though right, if you watch this show, you probably already knew that. Bad um, Batch, May 4th. So, before we, we uh, dive in into the dark, the only other interesting thing that I saw all week was from Giant Freaking Robot. Um, and this is not a reliable source. It's Daniel Rickman's Patreon page. Um, but the topic is interesting that Lucasfilm is more interested in bringing new characters, places, all that stuff to Star Wars and not so interested in nostalgia. 
I don't think that's absolute. I think it was more using nostalgia to bring new characters into the universe like they just mm-hmm. did with Mandalorian by bringing in Ahsoka, by bringing in Luke, yep. uh, Bo-Katan, but that's still Din Djarin's story and Grogu's right. story and whatnot. So, I mean, not really news, but sure, I'm sure that's the focus, especially because essentially they just launched a sub-IP within their IP, uh, yep. which we're about to spend a lot of time talking about. So it's been pretty quiet. Yeah. It's been very quiet, which makes me kind of sad. Bart. Why? I understand why. What They're making you? lots of stuff. There's lots of content coming soon. So I'm okay with waiting a little bit because we're about to get a face full of Star Wars. I said this last year, though. Games, movies, TV, like everything that we're waiting for is delayed now because of COVID. We're hitting, we're hitting the point where we're fully feeling the effects of it. Yep. So... Buckle Thanks up! A lot. I know they COVID. casted they casted someone else in the Obi Wan show in a quote secret role. Uh, well, I saw that there was a. I mean, like I called this last week, but when we talked about Obi Wan, um, but there are rumors that that Liam Neeson is coming back as Qui Gon. Yes, yeah, those have been floating around for a bit now. So, so, but it was like like very apparently reliable source. Very apparently. Very, very much so. Apparently, a reliable source. <laughs> That's like someone just being like, I, I'm serious right now. Listen to me. This is true. Don't don't think I'm bullshitting you. <laughs> okay. This yeah, is it sounds true. like you're trying to bullshit me into thinking that you aren't bullshitting. Oh, we, we, if Lego Star Wars is making a saga, then, then, uh, ooh. did you ever watch the Christmas special, by the way? Watched it for five whole minutes and I checked out. I mean, it's it's definitely for kids. It gets funny. The only part that I liked was Ray teaching Finn how to be a Jedi. I mean, they go through the whole timeline of Star Wars, which is awesome. Uh, you know, Mandalorian, and then it's prequel, sequel, and then I they really end up tried Kevin. They end up having a mass battle of everyone from the timelines on Tatooine at the end. It's actually oh, so. It's not canon at all. No Lego. Star Wars is canon. It's a real shame. Why is that a real shame? It's a real shame. I just, I really felt so. like, I just really felt like Lego could be another medium where we could get Star Wars lore from. Uh, you'll enjoy could you it. Ima- okay, could you imagine? Hear mm-hmm. me out. I'm listening. Could, could you imagine these like secret Lego sets, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like Star Wars Lego set line, but yep. there's you don't you don't know what's in it. Okay. You have no idea. Right. And then you build it. And it's something new to Star Wars. Okay. A building, a battle scene, a a person. Mm -hmm. No, I'm good. But Um, don't mm -hmm me like that. Like I'm a child. I'm saying. It's it's like comics, you know, or or reading the books. No, the comics are way different than Lego, dude. You won't I'm understand Lego for another year or two with Kyler, and then Lego Star Wars will make sense to you Whatever. of why it, it exists. Whatever. I'm just trying to find excuses to buy Lego sets. Let's talk about Into the Dark. Fine. You don't want to? No, I do. I'm just like, I'm I'm still in the Lego thing, but that's fine. Let's talk we can about move Into on. the Dark. Why? I'll, I'll suck. I'll suck it up. You don't want to. Why am I playing no, I do. twice? I'm just like I'm. I'm still in the Lego thing, but that's fine. Everything is going wrong tonight. Wow, and it's like I haven't streamed in a week. I figured it out. I accidentally <laughs> hit. No, my mouse was on the volume knob on, on our, Twitch feed, and I accidentally hit my elbow on the space bar. So, it's one of those nights. Let's figure it out, Kevin. I know. We're there. Tim over here trying to turn Star Wars into Warhammer. What? <laughs> I just think it'd be cool, dude. I just think that'd be sick. Um, so overall, this has been... I mean, there's only been three books uh, in the comics. This has been my favorite story so far, with the comics being second. Um, this one had a little bit of everything. It had the adventure. It had the dark side. It had... You know, the Jedi, subterfuge, although not for nothing, like Nan. The first thing Nan says to them is creepy. When she's when they're towing her ship, she says something like, you will you'll find out. 
in Man, that Man, okay all right so so kevin and i both li- both listened to uh into the dark through uh audible did did the the voice actor did he did he make her sound like a gungan on purpose, she had he had like this this like phlegmy thing going on that did sound a little gungy. She kind of talk like this, a little, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. She kind of talk a little bit like this. It was weird. I had a hard time. I just every time, every time she talked, I'm just like, uh, it's a little mini charge. I'll say this though: his Martian row and Mark Thompson's Martian row were almost there. exactly the same. I thought he had Mark Thompson do that part for him. It was it was almost like whoa. I I have a I feeling that's eye. because Martian is probably one of the most important new characters that they have in the High Republic. The more like you showed me the um, the cover for the comic issue three is him and Swole Swole Daddy um, Martian. I feel like the more that we see, like the more that he comes up, the more important he's definitely starting to to feel. I mean he he took he took the structure of the Nihil and took over basically. Yeah, uh, killed one of them to to drive his point home. Uh, one of the three imprisoned, um, imprisoned a Jedi. He also has an a vendetta against the Jedi now. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he of, hates them. I mean, isn't that isn't that all also what makes these stories great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the eternal fire that burns. They they they're. Building it up to that. Yeah, I also do think that there was um, something in his past because it does. Oh, there's he a does lot have a history did. with the Jedi that we haven't heard about. So, yep. Yeah, there's definitely a lot that they tease to at the end of uh, into the. Um, what is it? What's the first book, Kevin? Light of the Jedi. Light of the Jedi. I was like, into the forest, light of the Jedi. No, there's too many names. Light of the Jedi, Into the Dark, and then Out of the Shadows is the third one. Uh, I think that's the one that comes out in on May the 4th. The Rising Storm, Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows. I don't know it was something Out of the Shadows. And then the Rising lot, Storm yeah, light is into the dark. June. But, but, okay, so the next one's in, on May the 4th, right? Yeah, the, the Out of the Shadows is May the 4th. The Rising right. Storm is June. Holy crap, that's so many books. But they're spacing them out. I think they're doing two at a time, kind of. Their cadence is really good. Yeah. Well, because, so you, you get enough time to read the books, and then, like, I guess they just assume that, like, if for a casual no, reader, No, Tim, there's no May the 4th, it. bud. I could have sworn, I could have sworn Into the Shadows is May the 4th. No, the... Or Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows is July 27th. And then when's the, and then when's the other one? June. Hold on, let me go back. June. Wait, how do we go to? Okay, so the first one's in June. Yep. And the second one's July. Yep. Huh. So it's uh, out of the shadows, and then what's the fourth one? The rising storm. Oh uh, no, the rising storm is first, and then out of the shadows. And then apparently there is a the edge of balance that comes out in June as well. It's manga though. Oh, is that the... Yeah. That's the manga. I'm going to have to but, buy that. That's going to be the first manga I ever buy. I've never purchased a manga before. You have to read it backwards. Wait, what? You read it from right to left instead of... No, you go left to right instead of normally right to left. Why? I don't know. Right, Chad? Yeah. Yeah, manga you read backwards. You start from the back and go to the front. It's really uh, weird. It's really weird. Uh, <laughs> it's a really weird experience. <laughs> no, I know Japanese writing goes that way, but it's not translated into English. It is translated in English, but I think they, they usually, even if like manga is, is in English, I think they try to hold true to the manga style. That's gonna be that's gonna be such an adjustment. You'll for me. be fine. I don't like this chat. I don't like this. Anyways, Kevin. Uh, back into the dark. So, um, who's your favorite character in this one, Tim? Okay, so I have a I, I have a couple. Um, I I okay. So so Reith's character is really interesting. I I like his I like his. 
his character build up like all the way to the end i thought it was fun for him to be like the nerdy padawan who doesn't want to get, do anything exciting and just study to like this more like adventurous mm-hmm. like real like jedi knight um like everybody everybody was really cool Daz was really neat i i liked i liked him um so a part of me really likes or like i think it's either going to be orla or leox I think those are my two favorite. I like Orla's story because she's like this. Uh, they're not wanderers, way seekers. This whole way seeker thing was introduced. And I was like, that's that's really neat. That's really cool that they just get to just go out and just kind of be like this this rogue. Well, not rogue essentially, but they just they're not doing their own thing. They're not they're not bound to the Jedi to the Jedi Council and and. Um, what about Orla's lightsaber? Yeah, and and she just she purified. Okay. So her lightsaber is is dual bladed and she purified a Sith crystal, a Sith kyber crystal, so it was red for fun. It's as not an just dual blade though, it folds up too. So it she... folds. Yeah, so it's it's um it's almost like the um the uh the guards, the temple guards. Mm-hmm. That that style. Um or like what, what Ray had in her um in her dream, the dark Ray had. Yep. Um, but yeah, so she took the she took the the red kyber crystal from a Sith spear, which I thought was really cool, um, a Sith spear artifact, and cleansed it for fun. And nobody nobody knows who had the the spear first, which is interesting. Yeah, that relic is is really really interesting. So I really I really like her character, and I like Leox a lot. I think he's I, he was fun. He was really really fun for me. Leox or what's uh what's his name? Uh... I gotta find. Hold on. What the hell's his name in that movie? In Days and Confused, what the hell is his name? I don't know. It's oh, gonna bother me now. Keep talking. I gotta look it up. What did you think of? What did you think of Comac? Comac Vitus was interesting because at first I thought he was one of the goody two shoes Jedi, but by the end little, I realized that he was and pretentious. And then I realized that I was like, oh no. So he I does go so I him. really like stuff that was brought up by him throughout the book, and he talks a lot about um well what a lot of other Jedi's, not just during the High Republic, but even during um the reign of the Empire, um, they they have this struggle um with with the Jedi teaching. Like we start to see this more and more uh, these Jedi that are that are really starting to doubt the the things that they were taught and having a real struggle with being told to do one thing when it completely goes against the thing that they were told to do. You know, it's like like and this is this is the issue with Anakin where he was like you know talking about like the Jedi like the Jedi way is not of attachment and loving things, but how can you like how can we told to be compassionate towards others but not love someone? You know, and it's just like it's it's a lot of they, they contradict themselves a lot, and like Comac sees it. Uh, this is stuff that Anakin saw, is stuff that Luke sees. I'm like all these flaws within the Jedi Council, and it's like the Jedi the Jedi can't be this like this pure, almost divine power. You know, like that's how they they end up getting treated. They get uh, like they get turned into these deities, and. Um, and it's it's cool to see the more humanistic version, like the humanized version of like of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like they just they aren't perfect, you know. Like they have these struggles, and and it's showcasing that the Jedi Order isn't the real way, you know. Like to, it like the the Force isn't isn't binary. It's not one or the other. It's like all this. We've talked about this before. It's like it's a lot of things that are woven together, you know, that make it what it is. So. It's it's cool to see more of that. It's really cool to see doubt coming into into uh, the Jedi Order. So, um, I thought Wreath was a really good character to carry into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, he's learning. He's understanding the universe outside of a book, which I think was kind of the important part of what he experienced. Was that he was yep. always. You could tell he's super regimented. He cared more about his studies and learning, and not that that's a bad thing. Um, you know, dealing with artifacts and things like that. Uh, I thought it was very interesting how Comac described to him in the beginning of their journey how to get, you know, a new civilization to basically tell you about their past and their culture and their history and 
and that, and I was intrigued by that too. But Reith's journey from the beginning of the book to the end of the book is really, really good. Um, yep. He definitely has some growing up to do. Uh, I loved how nervous he was about defying the council and going off back to the station oh, and yeah. doing it again. <laughs> Um, but he, he definitely is a Jedi that it says, like, I I'll do it for the greater good, even if the council's wrong, which yep. I think is why Orla likes him. Uh, and, you know, given Orla and Comac's past, they seem to, to... I have a feeling... So someone brought this up. They... Someone put... A, there was an article about them having a Force dyad, which doesn't work by definition, but I think they have a Force bond, Orla and Comac. Yeah, because I, well, of what yeah, they experienced, well, because of everything they went through, right? Yeah, on the, on that abandoned moon, because that was super traumatic for Orla at the end. It was because yeah, she went against she her instincts, and that was and that was a whole other thing too. Is that she was you know she's told to listen to the Force, and when the Force is speaking through you, and it contradicts the something that the, the that you've been taught through the Jedi order it's like well i don't know what to do now you're telling me to listen to the force and the force is telling me to do something but it goes against what you're teaching me but you're supposed to be teaching me the ways of the force yeah. what the heck it was very very confusing yeah she also the the um one of the jedi masters the 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 snake guy philithar i've never seen this 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 species before which one is it jedi master how do you spell it uh, Philithar, F-I-L-L-I-T-H-A-R. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, sorry. The, the, um, Got him. the name of the snake is, well, but he's also That's called Philithar as well. It's the species, but is he also called that as well? Master Simix. Simix, there we go. He's a Philithar. That's Comax's, is, is cool. uh... But I've never seen this. I've never seen a Philithar before. And I think that's really it's it he looks cool. He's just a big he looks like a big dragon. So they're in a few of the newer canon. They are stuff. yeah, so they're in it's in Bloodline. So you and I were talking about Bloodline. It's something we gotta read. Uh, mm -hmm. and then they're also in the Leia books. Um Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Leia Organa ordeal of the princess. But they're also yeah, and then they're in Bloodline. And Bloodline is the stuff that happens between episode six and seven mm -hmm. the story takes place six years prior to star wars episode seven so it's like right before so Ooh. yeah master simics that was comex master um yeah, so it's jedi master simics so i i believe they have a force bond um and I think that's going to come into play later. Like, we're not done with Orla because she got her own ship and she's off to go do whatever. Like, she'll be back. She'll definitely show up again. Uh, it almost seems like these characters, to me, no offense to anyone in the Light of Jedi. I'm sure we'll see more of Light of the Jedi characters. But these were the first characters where I felt like I went for the full ride with them. Loden, I got that vibe. But then, you know, what happens to Loden? At there the was a lot Jedi? more Jedi in Light of the Jedi. It, too there, many. This, there was too many names. But the we're world-building. Yeah, you had to world build a world build in that one. Like the story was very broad. In this story, it was a very intimate thing. It was focused on one one finite point, like the Amaxian space station. That's all they focused on. In Light of the Jedi, it was a bunch of different uh, a bunch of different sectors that were being hit by a bunch of different things. And like really, the only thing that was that that made sense that I probably found to be memorable was the Nihil. Because they always had like this one central point. They were always going back to the ship or it was something with Martian. Like it was like it was easier to follow along what was going on there than in any of the other stories because they were trying to save a bunch of different worlds from destruction. So I get it. But no, uh, but this. Yeah, I think Into the Dark is it's a far more intimate Star Wars story. We already know what's happening. We know that the the, the galaxy run or the legacy run um, event has already happened in the galaxy. Um, we know it's going on with hyperspace, but like, so we were able to like, we knew what was going on at that point. They but did like, this was really, really well done. They did a very good job of us knowing who the villain was very early in the book, but yeah. not understanding how they were going to reveal themselves, where they actually were. I didn't even think they talked. I was thinking like the, 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 the hive from, uh, uh, yes, destiny or the flood from, from Kalo. I did not expect, like, sentient beings that were like, uh, I'm going to feast on your flesh, 
Meat. No, I think, oh, okay, that was it. <laughs> that was actually well, really well done, Kevin. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't know they ate meat either, which made them even more no, creepy yeah, than I thought. Like Venus, they're like Venus flytraps. They say that like their their mouths are more like like Venus flytraps. So it was it was uh, plants. Some of those some of those sketches though, some of them are huge. Some and, of them are like really big. Well, they it looks yeah. So like on Wikipedia, if you look up the uh, the drain gear. Um, they've got a couple different uh, sketches of them, and they definitely much so they vary in size, which, which is, is horrifying. Which is terrifying <laughs> to think that these things can get as big as a rain core. And like, uh, so the the bottom one, the one is the is the, one of the first images we saw. So the one that just looks like a bunch the of weeds, guy, yeah, the little bush dude, yeah. yeah. But then they're talking about them wielding weapons and having the shape yeah, of a man and blasters and stuff. Yeah, it looks like they can just like it's a bunch of different shapes. They can take a bunch of different forms. It, but fe- it feels like an enemy from Destiny, where there's all these different shapes, sizes, yes. entities, and they behave differently. Like because like the vines were growing through the Amaxine station, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like the like if you will the Drangier foot soldiers were not attached to the main body. And so I would love to know more about how the Drangier operate as like a collective, and then how they operate like by themselves. As a whole, like, do they have to have like one like central node that they're all connected no? Because to, remember, the two or... groups were separated, right? But no, but that's what I'm saying is like, so so do they have like one like main pod within a like a certain radius, and they all like connect to that in a way, uh, and I that's what, what keeps the, yeah. And so like this this main shoot, this I would assume this main shoot is what everything was all the like, the tendrils and everything were growing off of, and all the vines were growing through the station were coming off this main thing. And then the 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 like drink your foot soldiers like were attached to that in some way, um, but yeah, these things are terrifying, and I can understand why the Sith wanted to suppress these things, which is weird though. Okay, so so we learn that the Amaxine build this station. Yeah. They build this station for a for reconnaissance. So this is a this is a a black ops operation um, yeah. space station that is used for for deep reconnaissance. And insertion, which is really, which is really cool. Um, that's really, really neat. So at some point, the Amaxine and the Drangir fight. The Amaxine tried to try to fight the the Drangir, or the Amaxine tried to fight the Drangir. The Drangir beat them, and then they take over their they take over their space station. What happens between the Drangir taking over the space station? How do the Sith get on the space station? How did the Drangir not use those pods for the initial, like the 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 original idea for taking over the space station was so that they could have the Maxine station to then fire themselves off to take over other worlds. It was for 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 immediate domination. Mm-hmm. So at some point, the Sith, I mean, like it would have to be within hours of the Drangir taking over the station. They the Sith then come and take it over. And and then use these statues to suppress the Drangir. There's a there's a big there's a big gap, and I really want to figure out how this happened. Also, timeline is really weird. This is all happening like thousands of years ago. Because they're saying how old the space station is and how long the Maxine have been gone for. I think it was yeah, it was around a thousand years. Or it was something about a thousand years, right? So like, because the Maxine were still using old tech, old weapons, uh, things of that nature. The the question I have is the statue's significance because they were four different statues that represented four different races. They were in shackles and whatnot. Yeah, they they were they were races that had been enslaved by who? The Amaxine or the Sith? No, I would. Well, okay, so so <laughs> the, so the statues the statues don't actually have to be Sith. They don't have to be a right. Sith they origin. were just part of the they, they Sith just, binding ritual. They, they were a part of the binding ritual. So I'd assume they could take any type of tome. Any type, any type of object, and imbued it with force power. So um, those were just, a Maxine. So I would assume, statues. I would assume those were a Maxine statues of races that ha- that they had conquered. They are conquering people, and so I would assume that those statues were made by the Maxine to celebrate the races that they had taken over. So then the Sith came on. And they're like, "We got this. Let's just sh- let's shut the Drangir down." So so that's so to my point again. What makes the Drangir tick? How is they they, they they are they are force sensitive to some degree? The force is driving them. That the dark side of the force is 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 driving them. Um. So are they more are they more powerful in the dark side than the Sith? 
you know, like, why were the Sith so afraid of them that they had to, to not kill them? They suppressed them. They, want, they, they, they figured they were better off sleeping than being dead. So that's, there's, there's some interesting things. Like, did, are, we, are we in a time, a thousand years ago, are we in a time when the Sith Empire was, like, was really strong and they were, they were fighting against the Drangir and they were afraid of them? So um, theory crafting... If you look at Legends, which is a fair compare-contrast, there is okay. a Sith Empire and there is a Republic. Sure. And they are at war with each other. Yes. Sith Empire. So if the Drengir were either one of two things. One, they existed within the dark side somehow previously mm. and have always been there. Yeah. Or did one of the Sith create the Drengir and then couldn't control them anymore? Oh, crap. Oh, that's a really interesting thought. The latter sounds more plausible to me. Also, why the Sith would end up locking them up. So I don't yeah. know if there even is a Drengir planet or anything. It seemed like the Amaxine somehow imprisoned, or the Sith imprisoned them on the other planet that Wreath and Des went to. Um, But there was still a contingency on this Amaxine station, too. Um. The other side, the reason I play devil's advocate against that is that I think the Sith might have found the Amaxine station and the Drengear got there somehow. I don't know. There's a million questions I have. Well, the Drengear got there by taking over the Amaxine outpost that they put on that planet. And so they took the space pods and they fired them off and then went back to the spaceship. That's Was that, that an Amaxine planet, though? No, they they never said it was a Maxine. They also didn't say that it was the Drangir homeworld either. Right? No, they was, they didn't really. The Dra it's where the Drangir were. Half of them. And the, yeah, and so the Maxine wanted to t wanted to kill them, and so they put that outpost there. But the outpost had a direct connection to the space station. Yeah. But and those pods were not were not functioning. That's why they they had to wait for someone to come fix them. Essentially. Right. So yeah, so those, that 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 whole hyperspace pod system was was an Amaxine thing. So then that would mean that the Amaxine came first, then the Sith either put the Drangir there, yeah, or I I, yeah, found I the Drangir there. I, I want I wanted to be that the Drangir were that were old are older than the Sith. I want them to be like this really ancient evil thing. I don't know. I feel, I feel like it would be weird for this to be like a Sith weapon. I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. That's the joy. That's the joys of where we are right now. Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows, and and it's really cool. Um, I did. I did enjoy though that the whole time you're on the station, you know the Drangir are there because first of all, you know it's. It's a space station that's consumed by foliage. And we yeah. knew going into it that there's a new enemy. We had already met the Nihil. And we were pretty sure that the Nihil would show up in this, uh, but not be the stars, and that this was the introduction to the Drangir. Uh, and then the plants on the space, and you're like, all right, we know they're coming. But we're like, all right, where are they? How does this work? How do they... Went? So they did a really, really good job, because you just keep going part after part, all the Jedi are like, I keep seeing these visions of, of dark shadows and, you know, yeah. they keep going in and out of whatever that state was that Orla and it was, it was, Comac I, I and mean, Reef they kept, kept on to. saying that it was like a, it was a force vision. But they were in and it. So, it was almost separate from reality. Yeah. They, yeah. I don't, I, it made it just seem like it was a really intense vision. And, and it, it was the, I guess the force was telling them that there was like evil, but that's why, that's why it makes me feel like the Drangir are even more ancient than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if the force is like giving you a vision of what, like of, of how this bad juju, um, that's, that's pretty intense. It's not just a normal, like force, like a force vision that you get to see the future of. Right. It's like this intense, like almost like a like a Silent Hill almost vision. That's just bad evil. That's just really evil crap. Yeah, I, I, I the 
they're cha- they're not changing. They're just really adding to the way the force works and the mm. way the light side and dark side interact with each other. Yeah. In cool ways that I, I don't know, maybe it's time locked or maybe that's why they clean uh, clean slate wipes the old republic too because now they can tell similar stories using characters like Revan where they can experience the force in these crazy ways they can retell what what force meditation or battle meditation is with Bastila if she's back who knows so I am all for like really old stuff yeah you want ancient evil I want like yeah like the stuff that's been around since the beginning of the formation of the galaxy like like yeah, like I want, I want the stuff that people like. I want like like the stuff with the Big Bang, like however that is interpreted in Star Wars, like whatever whatever the Star Wars Big Bang was. Um, I'm I'm there for that. Uh, I mean, like we always say in a galaxy far, far away. Um, a long time. So ago. like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like it was. Uh, you know, it's that that stuff to me, like the really old and ancient the pr- the the primordial parts to star Wars. Like if that starts to really show itself more in, in the high Republic, I'm, I'm very much so for that. I think you're going to get more of that based on what we've seen so far. Um, Yeah. It's very interesting because I look at where they can take this from a force perspective and the Drangir being part of the dark side is great, but they don't represent what we're used to with the dark side. And at some point there has to be something, something that represents some semblance of a Sith. But the problem is it would go against what master Yoda says. And, and I think it's, is it attack of the clones? No, it's after they see Darth Maul. They said the Sith haven't been seen in a thousand years. Yeah. Um, but as you know, Alex Star Wars Explained said to us, it's Yoda that says that, and probably a reason that Yoda says that, and not one of the other. Because well, I wonder that... how they're going to handle. I wonder how they're going to handle Acolyte, though. I mean, okay, two two things. One, it's a big galaxy. Two, the classification of the word Sith has been changed now that Inquisitors came into the mix. Three. Yeah. If you went to Dathomir right now during the High Republic, Night Sister would be chilling there doing all their dark, weird, crazy shit. Right. So harnessing the dark side of the Force, I don't necessarily don't think necessarily will classify someone as a Sith within the confines of of the verbiage of the Star Wars universe. Sure. For our purposes, someone that just kind of figures out the dark side. Yeah. So, who mm. knows? All right. It was cool for them to mention it though. Like even even when they were just talking about the binding statues, like it was it was cool to like start to hear that more. But it's it's cool that they aren't the focus of the story. So going into the the Barish vow, because I want to talk about Dez. Dez yes. so let's talk about Dez first and then we'll go into Barish Vow. Dez gets gets essentially poisoned by the the drink. Well, not, not, well not at first. First he gets fired off in a hyperspace. Right, they thought he got. We vaporized. thought he was. We thought he was vaporized. I was like, "This is so sudden. He's dead. This sucks." So, Des gets poisoned somehow. We don't really know what they do to him when he's on this other planet. So, if Des gets poisoned, okay, and we know, first of all, you were all wrong, chat, when you said that we weren't going to find out what was driving the, the Jedi mad in the frontier until phase three. So, uh, you all for thinking that because we already found out it's the Drengear. Um, is it the poison that the Drengear administers? Does it maybe, Tim, forgive me for what I'm about to say. I'm sorry, but it's the best way to put it given the current canon. Does something with the Drengear poison mess with midichlorians? No. No. I'm I'm honestly saying it well, as okay, right, as an okay, honest okay. to God. Okay, my knee jerk reaction is to say no. Why do you think that? 
because yes, the po- Affy got poisoned too, and not much happened to her. Could it be different types of poison? Could it be different drain gear? One hundred percent. But what it did to Dez was crazy to the point where even he was like, "I'm going to take the Barish vow and and leave," because he still couldn't shake it. Whatever happened to him? So it seemed a bit more permanent than what happened to Affy. I think I think it's going to be. I think it's a lot of it's going to be like learning more about how the drain gear operate, like as like an organic thing. Um, I don't even know how you call it. It's not a person. It's uh, I don't know, this animated plant. Um, I think once we learn more about the drain gear and how they operate collectively, um, we will then be able to understand what that did to him. We un- they, they, they break it down into some things. We know it was some type of neurotoxin. We know that it was adrenaline. Um, they talk about how his heart, like how his heart was like, was beating really fast. He was like, he was, he was ready to run. Um, so some, it was some mixture of neurotoxin, something that was, it was to the extent of adrenaline uh, and a few other things. Um, so to me, that just sounds like an intense cocktail that they can, that they can create with their, with their, their venom. Um, it seems like that was more like intent on like actually controlling someone versus like poisoning someone, you know, like the, the one girl, she like, she got hit with a neurotoxin and she was saying she was poisoned. She hit herself with a, uh, a med pack and she was good. Um, but yeah, to your point, what Des went through was, was very different. Um, I think they have the ability to essentially mind control or, or something. They're able to, to control the person through, um, giving off this, this, uh, this venom. Um, but I would assume that's also some, something to do with also their connection to the dark side. You know, I would assume like whatever this, this, this venom they admit, um, is also got some some bad juju from the dark side in it as well. So that's probably why he wants to take this this barish vow. Right, because it cuts you off from literally everything except the force. Well, it's not that it cuts you off. You are liter- you are taking your you you are removing yourself from all of your it's just like it's just like if someone was to go be a monk, like a Shaolin monk. Like yep. they are removing themselves from from all worldly connections. And it's a pure focus on spirituality and 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 go, going above and ascending. Essentially, it's like ascension. Um, and so, like this is so this bearish vow. This is something really interesting. And the more I thought about it after hearing this in the book, I was like, this is this is exactly what what Luke did. Luke pretty much took a bearish vow where he removed himself from everything, but just stayed with the force. Um. I don't. I, I still don't really believe that Luke truly ever cut himself off from the Force. Um, I think. I think he was. I think this is what he was doing. I think he took the Bearish vow after he, um, after he lost his temple, uh, or after he lost his academy, and all of his students died. Like a self-isolated Bearish vow. Mm. Well, I mean, like, I mean, that's essentially like what this is. I mean, like, the Bearish vow essentially makes you isolate yourself and become a hermit doesn't he go somewhere though with other he does yeah but i mean like when you read like the description of like what the bearish vow is so here's the bearish vow entry in wikipedia the bearish vow was an oath taken by jedi who completely refrained from all activities related to the jedi order as a form of penance disengaging from anything but the force itself although most jedi who swore the vow did so as a method of atonement some did it in order to refocus themselves in the force from the founding of the order's uh to its doom, uh, over 14,000 Jedi pursued Barosh. After a traumatic experience as a prisoner, uh, prisoner of the dark side, steeped Drangir, Jedi Knight Des Raiden chose the sort of vow. Uh, also, Jedi Master Karak Infala so was a notable Barosh taker. Kirik's in the, um, in the Vader comics. Mm-hmm. He's a badass and a half because he actually beats Vader in the first lightsaber duel they face. And push he force, looks like a badass. This dude's force, swole. <laughs> force pushes him. So he leaves after Order 66. Uh, or he's oh, this gone. Is, oh, this is the night that, that survived. Oh, yeah. I saw the headline for this after after the, the comic released. Uh, did he leave before or after? I can't remember if he left before or after. Anyway, Vader finds him because he's, he's on the list. of. Vader has a whole list of all of them that survived. Yeah. And um, he goes and finds him, but... Carrick actually beats him the first time and throws him off a cliff. He ends up cutting his leg off too, his mechanical leg. 
So he thinks he's dead. Vader freaking fixes his leg, tracks him down to the city where he's at. And it's a city in a dam. So Vader basically breaks the dam, floods the city. So the guy's freaking out because he's trying to save the people and fight Whoa. Vader at the same time. And Vader ends up killing him and leaving his body in the in the in the, the depths of the newly created lake yeah. to join the city's innocent citizens in an eternal sleep. Yeah, Vader is uh, <laughs> so dark. Vader is uh, 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 having fun with with, with awesome. this guy. But yeah, he, yes. he beats Vader the first time they, they duel. I like I like this introduction of the of the barrage. It's it's very cool. So it seems like they they actually the first entry of this is is in the Vader comics, and then they kind of expand upon it in in uh, into the dark. So RWH says a point, and this has actually been discussed on forums a lot. I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Uh, Luke's Island had the dark full force hole, the one Ray, you know, goes near. We and, talked about that, yeah. And then Yoda goes has his on on uh, where he is. Mm-hmm. So Wait, when he when he's when he's playing with the wills, no Yoda has the dark. That's where Luke goes when he he goes to uh, Dagobah. Yoda has the dark side cave. Oh, you're saying every teacher like has like this dark well. Well, there's two. It's just very interesting that they they if, hide near. What if what if Ben did? What if Ben had one? What if there's one on Tatooine? Could be mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. Would you mm -hmm. would you mm -hmm. say Yoda took Barish Val at that point too? Yes, hundred percent. Because isn't that why he in, in, into into exile? I must go. Yeah, he says it to Bail Organa in Revenge of the Sith. Yep, hundred percent. That uh, yoga. That is Yoda taking taking the path of the Barash. Yes, interesting. Mm hmm. Very, that's very, very interesting. interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's I like that. Are you? I like are that you? A lot. So Yoda's showed up a few times. He wasn't in this book, but he's showing up a few times every so often. Are you ready for like? I'm kind of itching at this point for a full on adventure with Yoda because I want to see fun. I want to see what his temperament's like right now. I want to see his attitude. I want to see if he's not the you know wise well, old. He's, not, he's he's like a young buck right now. He's not young, but he's not Younger. nearly as old. I mean, he's still. Uh. What is he? Seven hundred, five hundred at this point. Yeah, but I mean, like, still, it's like, it's like half, dude. He's, he's all right. No, I no, I know he's in sprite. it. Where would I'm looking for a full on Yoda adventure at this point, not just the part. With yeah, him you're in talking the about to say full. I mean, like, I don't know, dude. I feel like Yoda's just been so. Like, I, I again, going back to the whole thing, I want new stuff, and like, I, I feel like Yoda's just been just. He's been in everything. Like we just Yoda's everywhere. So I I like I like the new character adventures. That's fun for me. I, I, I like having I like having Yoda like Grogu where he like pops in, does something, and then pops out. I kinda wanna I wanna see what Master Yoda's like a bit more than what we saw in the comics. A little deeper dive. Yoda's also just come back from some sort of retreat or something. He was on sabbatical. Yeah. Was what so what was what was uh what was the little, little green guy up to? Kevin really wants him to be edgy, and he wants him to be playing with the dark side. Well, it's canon that he plays with the dark side at some point. I just want to know when. Because mm. why in Clone Wars did dark side Yoda literally say, You never play with me anymore! He focuses on that on that so much. It's a, it, You don't think that's a key point? No, it's definitely a key point. I agree. Just have um, to wait, Kevin. We got questions. Oh, we didn't even we didn't even talk about our sponsor for the stream, Kevin. No, we had technical difficulties. That's why. Chat. This uh, episode of Star Wars and Scotch is brought to you by Kings Coast Coffee. Head on over to KingsCoastCoffee.com for your freshly roasted order coffee. I'm gonna drop the patrons up on the screen while we're talking about it, even though they didn't ask any questions, but we still like them because they're cool people. Thank you to all the patrons who make uh, make uh, this happen. Because without you, we wouldn't be able to keep the lights on. So thank you from Rare Drop to you. If you'd like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Rare Drop. We just did our uh, we just did our meeting with uh, with Jack because it was just Jack this this time. But oh. there's a there's a tier of Patreon where you get to get all the fun behind the scenes secrets for Rare Drop. Guess what Every I did. Month. Guess what I didn't do, Tim. Uh, I don't know. 
Andrew, you didn't do your sexy Kevin of the month pictures. No, I didn't add your camera to the Patreon screen because we're doing the new oh. camera thing. Awkward. <laughs> well, at least you can see that it's green and no frames dropped for that guy that was yelling that there were frame drops before. Um, I was just trying to prove you wrong. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. So, Into the Dark shows that the Jedi are not the definitive word on the Force in this. So how do the two of you think the dark and lights uh how do the two of you view the dark and light sides of the force? I think for me again after after going through this book um it really shows that no one is right. Uh whether it's the light side of the force or the dark side of the force, you need both to be balanced and in harmony within the force. Um so I think this this continues to solidify that we are going to find ourselves in, on a path where force users are living like they, they're gray Jedi. Essentially, they are using both the light and the dark to live harmoniously with the force instead of trying to fight one side or the other. Um, because like that's like I mean, like it's it's always been so weird, like when you start really start thinking about like more of this like the force as this living entity like why is one side good and one side bad it makes it just makes no sense like and that's why i've always loved the gray jedi these these jedi that live in the middle and they 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 tap into both light and dark and they're just they're 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 living both sides you know like and that and i think that is the perfect that is the perfect form of any force user is someone who isn't uh, isn't on one side or the other and so I, I think we'll start we'll start seeing more of that because like you can start you're seeing the doubt how even even in the High Republic you're seeing the doubt that these Jedi have against the the Jedi Order's teaching. Tim found some uh, continuity uh, in the book and I want to read them to you because uh, ah. it's pretty funny. Um, in the prologue, Joramali's Montrals are described as streaming behind her when the airspeeder she is in goes into a dive. Oh, this is weird. Molly is a Togruta, and her Leku are what is actually being described. Togruta Montrals are the rigid horns atop their heads. Molly's lightsaber is also described as having a blue blade when it was white. White. White in the High Republic Light of the Jedi. Uh, when he overhears Wreath Silas and Des Rydan discussing Padawan braids, Comac Vitus thinks to himself that he will not require his next apprentice to wear one implying that he has had a padawan before however when he agrees to take wreath as his padawan near the end of the book vitus says that wreath is that his is, first that's Jedi a big mess up how do you apprentice. how do you mess that up who wasn't paying attention but i guess but i guess this is what happened well i mean like eh. yeah i don't know like I was gonna say, like, did they mention that in one book and then the other? But that was both mentioned in the same book, right? Yeah, I blame Paul. Yeah. Personally. Mm. No. I think we can blame Paul. Oh no. Do it after tomorrow, though. I want to blame Paul. Okay. But just wait till after tomorrow. Let him get through. Let him get through tomorrow. Oh, you. Uh, we talked about the Barish Vow. Andrew said, what do you guys think of the flashbacks? I personally didn't like them and didn't feel like they added any additional context to the story. They mm. added context, but... It was awkward. It didn't feel necessary to hear as much as we did. I think they wanted to do some character building and to like really... like. I think the, what they wanted to do is they really wanted to show the struggle the internal struggle that that comax and um and i'm i'm brave farting who's the site the other one Aura, um orla drenny what orla oh i was i was right i didn't completely brain fart what comax and orla were were having is that they were they were struggling with the teachings and and struggling against like the internal voice of what they assumed is the force right mm -hmm. uh and so like i think that was i think that was cool to show that but did we need like a five-parter of this this 25 years in the past thing? Probably not. I think that could have been done in like one flashback or two. But it was like five. It was just, it felt awkward. I didn't like it. 
Um, why do you think Jedi teachings still were unquestioned by the council in the High Republic? What is it, unquestioned? Oh, like they didn't like they 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 took it as it being law. Like, oh, I they, see. Why they were unquestioned by why, the council? Why was the doctor right? Why was the do Why did why did the Jedi Council in power? Why did they not look at the doctrine and go, hmm? This isn't this isn't working. Yeah, like Orla and Vitus did. That was the end part of it. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like the Jedi Council's job is to uphold a code, not necessarily the will of the light side of the Force, which is kind of the problem with the Jedi throughout history. So, that would be my two cents on that. I I guess I guess it all just comes down to. Like we don't we don't have the full picture of of the Jedi Order and like when things were like when this doctrine was being created and laws were being put in place as to how a Jedi Knight is to behave. Mm -hmm. Um and so I think we need more context there and to figure out like what was the thinking as to like beh like behind these rules and, and laws that govern the Jedi. So I like I uh, I really don't know why the Jedi Council does not, why why there has been no reformation, like why is it always why has it been the same, for yeah. for for ever since the, the the dawn of the Jedi, why why has there been no reformation up until the the Galactic Empire, it, it makes no sense and 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 that's and I mean like and look at Luke's struggle, you know like and he's looking through the old teachings and he's like this is crap. You know, like that Bro. essentially was the, you know, that he like, was trying to reform the order. He was trying to make it better. He was like, and, and by in him making it better was, and, and Yoda was even there. Yoda even recognized that Yoda burned the teachings. He was like, we don't need that. Like, it's all up here. It's all you. It's in your heart. It's how you connect with the force. Um. So, I mean, like it took a long time and we started to see it in, in Rise of, or in the last Jedi. So we'll see. I mean, like it, I don't know why it took that long, though. Um, just the golden ages. Maybe everyone was just complacent. They were just they just they didn't mind it. You know? uh, do you think Affy did the right thing? Would you have turned on the Bind Guild? Um, I mean, it's literally what killed her parents. Yeah. That, so her turn her, her turning on the Bind Guild was payback for the Vine Guild and their indentured servitude. Like it was it was just payback. So yes, I from like from her point of view, I totally understand why she did what she did. She she still comes out on top anyways. It was a good play. She got she got she got what she wanted and the people who did bad things got what they deserved. It all worked out. Um how did the Jedi, without limbs, as they describe him in the book, wield a lightsaber and act on the defense if anything happens? Not every Jedi wields a lightsaber. Uh, Yoda's master did not wield a lightsaber. He had a staff with a kyber crystal in it. Um, I don't know specifically which one you're talking about, Justin, but not every Jedi wields a lightsaber. Tim's Googling. You want me to Google? I thought you were. You don't have to. No. I don't oh, okay. know if you wanted to chime in there, but I have nothing to say about that. Wow. Okay. Uh, when will you discuss Darth Bane? I, I mean, there hasn't really been anything on Darth Bane to discuss. Maybe during one of these theory craftings, but the problem is we don't know much about canon Darth Bane. We only know Legends. Don't get me wrong. Legends is some of the greatest content. Uh, Legends Darth Bane is fantastic, top tier, 10 of 10 content, but... Tim and I try to stick to current canon or speculate using Just legends makes when it's makes necessary. Makes things really confusing. Yeah, so that's kind of that in a nutshell. But, Tim, we're done. Oh. Yeah, you feel like we covered everything in Into the Dark? Not even close, but we covered ah. the things that we wanted to for the most part. We I, barely I, I, talked I, about Geode, Leox, and... Uh, I mean, they're cool. I really hope we see those characters again. Geo, the rock creature, was really fun. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like they set them up that crew to be another crew that will that will show up in another book. The way they wrote Geo was that was their droid because there was no droid in this. Yeah. 
So he was there, 3PO, R2-D2, Chopper. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I just I thought it was funny in the way he moved around just, the ship. You never saw him, or you never saw him move though. He was just there. Or uh, when they were were docked in Coruscant and he was out partying on the town. <laughs> and then at the end, he saves Wreath's ass from being sucked out into hyperspace or into yep. space. I should say, not hyperspace. But uh, yeah, so Geode essentially is the hero of the book. Um, and just the way Leox talks about him was amazing. We didn't say Darth Bane isn't canon. We said very little about Darth Bane is canon. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Kevin, it might be time to hit it, punch it hyperspace. Yeah, I might have to. <laughs> I'm being told Darth Bane is canon, which is usually a good time for me to bow out of a conversation. <laughs> What's up with that young Snoke photo on your Facebook groups page? What? We have a photo right, of I don't, Snoke I don't in his teens. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's time to run, Kevin. Yep. Now he's telling me which episode it was from of Clone Wars. <laughs> Definitely not in my top five favorite episodes of Clone Wars. Definitely not the uh, one I sat one night and freaking had a conversation with Ben and Tim about what is inside of that Sith temple after oh Darth God. Bane in the uh, what was it called the chamber chamber of darkness where the yeah, we kept you, Ke we, yeah Kevin for the longest time thought it was actually his spirit and I was like no 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 yeah Tim corrected me that it was the wills but in the chamber of darkness if you didn't know this chat have fun with this the chamber of darkness inside that Sith temple is where the Sith used to sacrifice Jedi to the dark side of the Force. Oh. Doesn't get much darker than that. Chat it's on that dark. note. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dark, go check out fb.gg slash darkness429. That's good. Monday exactly. through Friday at 9 a.m. All week long. Playing Tarkov. With, There's uh, nothing else to play right now. I'm not saying it in a bad way. I was enjoying you and Lupo today. It was very tactical, oh, very amusing. <laughs> uh, but uh, And I'm Kevin. Uh, everything I do, you can go to raredrop.co and find it there, um, which is getting a facelift very soon with a lot of the new yeah. stuff we're working on. I'm super stoked. The chamber. You should change your chat to the Chamber of Darkness, Tim. Oh, my God. That's so good. And then when you start up your stream. <laughs> Welcome to the Chamber of Darkness. Tim, you should make an announcement that you're changing it to the Chamber of Darkness and be like, in order to secure <laughs> Facebook gaming, my channel will now be turned into <laughs> the Chamber of Darkness. All right, Kevin, I need you to do the VO for that. It's really good. <laughs> Not a problem. Chad, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Again, if you missed any episodes of Star Wars Scotch, you can go to raredrop.co and check them out. Uh, and in a bunch of other places all over the internet, Spotify, Apple, wherever, YouTube, you name it, you can find it there. But as always, may the force be with you. See you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.